Welcome, welcome to the All That I Am podcast. Are you ready to be uplifted? Are you ready to be encouraged, inspired, and empowered? Ladies, you're in the right place. You are unstoppable. Grace is our secret sauce. And guess what? You can do it all, balancing ministry, marriage, motherhood, marketplace, all at the same time with strategy and with the grace of God. Class is in session. Let's Let's go. go. Super excited to be here with you all tonight at the Baby 
you are and you'll be listening in. Um, I am, as Pastor Yee so eloquently put it, um, Pastor Takira Kiki Melton Marco um, by Pastor Key, for those of you who know and will run. Um, I am a full-time ministry, full-time marketplace, full-time HR um, practitioner. Um, and so what I have found over the course of um, both of the fields or all of the fields by which I've been called is that the lines cross a lot. Um, the principles cross a lot. There are so many things that we learn in the church that are applicable in the marketplace and a lot of things that are active and that are initiated and executed in the marketplace um, that can be brought back to better our ministries and to better our organizational life on the ministry side. Um, so I'm super excited about this conversation today. Um, I know that Pastor D has lined up some good stuff for us to talk through. Um, and all I ask is the same that she has asked is that we just be vulnerable, we be open um, to what God wants to say to us and what he wants to reveal to us as we all unpack this conversation today. Amen. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Thank you for that amazing introduction. But what we're going to be talking about on tonight is something that we all have in common. In common. Uh, the title for tonight is When God Orders the Rain. Okay? When God orders the rain in your life. No matter how much money you have, no matter your social status, um, what you have going on in your life, how good it may be for you at this time, how bad it may be for you, we all have something in common in that we all experience rain in our life. Do I have any women in the room that can be honest? Some of us, we're probably experiencing one of those rainstorms in our lives even right now. And even if you're not experiencing it right now, you've experienced it before. And if you feel like you've never been there, keep on living, baby, as the old folks would tell us. <laughs> you're going to experience it. And so I want to give you all the tools and the wisdom and the knowledge and the revelation uh, on how you should respond even in the midst of the rain. And when you think of the rain, you can think of the storm, how you would respond in the midst of the storm and when God orders it. Because as many of us know that have been saved for a little bit, you know that every storm in your life is not of the devil. Some of the things that you're going through is ordained by God. And so if it's ordained by God, that lets me know that it has a purpose. Somebody say purpose. Purpose. Amen. So one of the first things that I want you to begin to uh, speak to us about is when we're going through those storms and when we're experiencing that rain in our life, what are some of the common feelings that we feel in the midst of what we're going through? Um, so for me, I correlate it really to how we, most of us naturally feel, right, when it starts storming really, really bad, right? Trying to get out of it. Trying not to get caught in the middle of a storm. Feeling inconvenienced, right? Or feeling fearful for lack of visibility for those of us who don't like to drive in the rain, right? Those are some feelings that readily come to mind when it starts raining in my life, right? I don't know what's next. I can't see. I don't know what's around the corner. I don't know where I'm going, right? Or I know where I'm going, but I'm not familiar with how this path looks in a storm, right? I know how ministry looks, but how does ministry look in a storm? I know how my marriage looks, but how does my marriage look in a storm, 
right? Because those are two very different um, uh, angles of disability. And so for me, it really correlates to how we feel naturally in the rain. I don't want to get wet or I don't want to be bogged down. It's too much. I don't want to be overwhelmed. I don't want to be delayed or slowed down. And I think um, at, at first glance, it's like these feelings of inconvenience or discomfort, right? Is that for us, our natural response is that I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to be in a place of discomfort. And, and as human beings from a baby, you're, you know, when you cry, right, your, your mother's instinct is to pick you up. Or when you're hungry, your instinct is to feed you. And so from birth, we are designed to look for someone to rescue us from the trouble. And so when it starts storming, you start looking for a way out instead of looking for a way through or figuring out what is happening with it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And I know um, one of the things that you mentioned, and I can definitely relate to everything that you mentioned, and I think everybody in this room can relate to those emotions that you feel when you're in a storm or when you feel like you're in the rain. Can I tell you something? Nobody is exempt. I don't care how saved you think you are. I don't care how right you think you are, how good you think you're doing. Nobody is exempt from the rain. There is purpose in the rain. But one of the things that I know for me, um, when I you know, was going through one of the roughest seasons in my life, one of the things, one of the feelings that I felt, or one of the things that I did was I isolated myself. How many women do I have in the room when you go through things, you isolate yourself? Come on, let's be honest. Let's have a real moment. We isolate ourselves, and that's nothing but a trick of the enemy. God created us for community, for your brother and for your sister to help encourage you, to help push you. Now, I'm not saying that you won't have a season where you are alone, where God is developing you, where there's purpose in you being alone. But I'm talking about where you're consistently, continuously isolating yourself. And then when you isolate yourself and you're not in community, what are some of the other emotions? Then you get to, into feelings of depression. Come on, I know that I have some women in the room that can relate to that. When you isolate yourself, the enemy begins to play with your mind. Because you're not doing anything else. What What is the saying? Um, uh, I don't mind is the devil's workshop. Yes. So you're not doing anything. You're idle. You're isolating yourself. And so I want to encourage anybody that's in this room, any woman that's here, you know, you may be going through something. You need to seek God and see, is this my time and my season for me to be alone? Because there will be, I'm not going to say that there isn't a time and a season where God will have you to be alone, but not in a place where it's prolonged and now you're somber, you're stuck in that place and now you can't see your way out and you can't see your way through. That is a trick of the enemy. And so I want to ask you this, even in knowing the emotions that are involved when the rain comes in our life, because all of us have been there and some of us are there right now. Why would you say that somebody like, I, I've been living saved, I've been going to church, I've been trying to do everything right, I've cut off some of the things that I need to cut off, I've made the sacrifices that I need to make. Why would God order the rain in my life? 
Okay, so I'm going to make y'all show y'all hands, okay? Um, because the fact of the matter is, when there is too much sunshine in our lives, we tend to forget that we need God. Mm. When stuff is going too well, right, then we start praying out of routine, right, and not out of privilege. It is my privilege to pray, right? It is my privilege to come before God. But when the sun starts shining a lot, well, it's okay if I don't do it today because I'm good, mm. right? It's okay if I do it, you know, if I do it next week because I'm good for now. But even on the flip side of that, uh, Lady Viv, is that and this is something that I have rehearsed over the years and I've had to remind myself because sometimes you do get to a place where I did everything right. I didn't have sex and I waited and I'm still not married. I did go to school and I got straight A's and I didn't get divorced, right? I did step away from what the Lord told me to step away from and then I still didn't walk readily into the season that I was going to walk into. And something that I've had to remind myself is these two things. Nothing that is dead feels pain, and nothing that is dead requires water. Whoa. Say that again. That's good. No dead thing feels Write pain. Write that down, y'all. No dead thing feels pain, and no dead thing requires rain. So if it is raining in your life, God is trying to grow you. Let him. If there is rainfall in your life, the Lord does not waste anything. He does not waste seed. He does not waste word. And he does not waste rain. He's not raining on any dead thing. Yeah. He, he, even in the valley of dry bones, it was not raining because the bones were not alive yet. There was no activity in the valley because there was no life down there yet. And so if it's raining in your life, it is not punishment for something that you've done all the time, right? It's just proof that you're still loving and that there is more for you to do. It's proof that there is something around the corner. I love that that in the in the book of Job, in the 38th chapter, um, Job kind of gets sniffy with God, Pastor Bill. He starts being, he's like, you know, well, if the Lord's not going to do this, then, you know, I'm going to have attitude. I'm going to be mad. And he starts thinking that there are certain things that he can command. But I love that the Lord steps on the scene and God literally speaks audibly to Job. And he says, does the rain have a father? You're complaining about rain, but does the rain have a father? You're, com you're complaining about the morning, but who ordered the morning? And I had to come to the realization of this, that if the rain has a father, then my storm has a master. And I'm in good with the master. I'm in good with the one who ordered the storm. And so there are, 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 are maximalities, right? There are capabilities. There are privileges that come alongside being good with the one who ordered the storm. I'm in good with the one who ordered the storm. Who matters? What matters if it's raining? What does it matter if it's raining, right? Because the rain has a father. The rain has a master. And so God orders the rain to show you something that you would not readily see because you are uh, too rehearsed, right? You're in your routine. You're too happy. And I'm not talking about too happy as in joy, right? That is the Lord's will is that we prosper and be in good health. So his will is that we have joy. But sometimes we are a little bit too content that we fall into stagnancy. Mm -hmm. But the rain makes you move. Yeah. Yes, it does. The rain will get you up on your feet or down on your knees. The rain will get you out of that position that you've been stuck in. And so sometimes God orders the rain for your benefit, not for your detriment. Wow. You have said a mouthful. What did you say? Anything dead does not require rain. So the fact that there is rain in your life is proof that you're still alive and that you're still living 
and that there is still purpose for you. Somebody say that there is purpose for me. Purpose for me. Hallelujah. And even as you were speaking, I know for me, um, and, and what you said, it, it definitely ministered to that because I know many times as I had been going through and as, as even now I'm going through a rough season and I, I realize and I recognize now because of what I've been through before, God wants to get us to a place where we're completely desperate, where we have nobody else to turn to. Because y'all know how it is. You call your mother, you call your husband if you're married, and, and you don't really get to have that relationship yeah. with God for yourself, where you know him for yourself in that situation, where I know you to be a healer because I was sick before and you healed me. So I'm not saying I know you to be a healer because of what you did for my mother or what you did for my father. But many times, you the, the rain is ordered in your life so you can experience him on a greater level for yourself. So you can get a deeper revelation of who God is to you. So I ask you the question on tonight, who is he to you? In what areas of your life have you experienced him? And where has he shown himself mighty and strong in your own life? Come on, I want you to think about that. Y'all looking at me, and I'm glad that you are, but I really want you, I'm, I'm one of those people where I really want you to do a moment of self-evaluation and self-reflection. And I want you to begin to take inventory over your life and even what you're going through and some of the storms that you may be experiencing now. What is God trying to show me in my storm? We can get so used to complaining and asking God to deliver us from the storm, and he will, but you don't want to miss the lesson, and then you also don't want to miss the blessing while you're in that storm. So I want you to take this moment now and take it serious and ask God, don't take this moment for not, don't take it for granted, but I want you to really ask God, what are you trying to show me? Don't let me miss it. Because if you fail the test, it's going to come around again. And you're wondering why you're experiencing the same things over and over again. Some of you are in some of the same cycles over and over and over again because you're missing the lesson of the rain. You're missing the lesson in the storm. So ask the question now, God, what are you trying to show me? I don't want to be in this same place this time next year because I missed the lesson. Because I was too busy trying to get out of the storm that I didn't see you in the midst of the storm trying to grow me, trying to mature me, trying to get me to see you on a deeper level. So ask that question now, God, what are you trying to show me? Open my eyes. Don't allow me to be deceived in this moment, but show me what you're really trying to show me. And so I want you to answer this question as well, even as we're, you know, thinking about the rain and the storms that are in our lives. How do we learn the purpose of the rain and how to embrace it, especially when it doesn't make sense to us? Because most of the time when we're going through, it doesn't 
like, Lord, I don't get this. I don't understand this. Why do I have to go through this? And once you make it through and then you look back over your life and you see how you made it through and why, begin to minister to us about that. Um, for me, and I know we all have heard that, the, the saying before, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? And so there are some things that come back to us um, after we've had a chance to reflect a bit after we've had a chance to really look back on it. Um, but I love the way that you frame this question because what we're really asking is, how do I understand the purpose so that I don't miss it? I don't want to be two seasons removed before I get what the storm is around. You know, I don't want to be three seasons removed, three relationships removed, three failed businesses removed, right, before I understand why God was doing what he was doing. And so for me, um, I had to learn a couple of things. First of all, some things will not make sense, but they will make power. Ooh. They won't make sense, yeah. but they will make glory. Yeah. Right? And so everything is not necessarily for my understanding. Right? right? Um, there are some things that the scripture talks about how our ways are so much more different from the Lord's ways. And as far as the east is from the west, right, that's how much more different his ways are. So some things I won't understand, but I can pass the test on the strength of relationship even if I don't understand them. There are some tests that I can pass on the strength of, I know who my father is, even if I don't understand. And I'm reminded of, of the man born blind in the scripture in the book of John, where um, they're asking, you know, he wants deliverance and he wants to see. But the people around him are saying, he's blind, who's seeing? The first question was, he's blind, what did he do wrong? Yeah. What did his mother do wrong? What did his father do wrong? And Jesus replied and he said, nobody's sin. There was not a sin on anybody's part. He's blind so that the power of God might be revealed through him. And for us, I think so many times we, we, we say these things and we shout these declarations out, right? I want to be a miracle. God, I want to be used. And God, I want you to use me and I want to be a light. And I want people to know who you are through me. But if there has to be a miracle, then there has to be an ineptitude. If there is going to be a miracle, there has to be a void somewhere, yeah. right? If yeah. there has to be healing, somebody got to be sick. Yeah. If somebody's going to be able to walk, then somebody has to be lame, right, at some point. And so for me, I had to come to, real, to this realization that some things will not make sense. But if the glory of the Lord is going to be processed through you, you're not going to always like the press. I'm not going to always li like what it feels like, right, for a thing to be pushed out of me and pulled out of me and pressed out of me. And so I want to encourage you, even in this moment, that when you feel like you're in a tight space, that old feeling of being in a rock and a hard place is a real thing. I don't have anywhere else to turn. Yeah. I don't have anywhere else to go. I don't have anyone else to talk to. And for us who are, you know, I don't know how many of us or how long we've been in church, but I'm a church baby. I've been in church all my life. This is all I've ever done. I don't do anything else on Sundays, right? That's where I go. That's what I do. But the Lord spoke to me earlier this year, Pastor Bib. I lost my dad. And and um, for, for me, people were calling and they were saying, well, y'all are so strong. And I'm like, girl, we was falling out last night. You know, but, but they're like, you know, y'all strong and y'all holding on and y'all hanging in there. And I told a girlfriend of mine there will come a point in everybody's life Everybody's walk with God, and you are going to have to make good on who you told God you were. Jesus. That's At good. some point, you are going to have to make good on God. I'm all in. You're going to have to make good on that moment. Yes. yes. God, I trust you. You're going to have to make good on what you told God. God, I won't leave you. He's going to say, are you sure? Yeah. 
Are you sure? I had a father who ne never, he ate flaxseed with his dinner, right? He only drank water. He didn't smoke. He didn't drink. I never knew him to speak a cross word to anybody. Alzheimer's. What, what was a 10-year battle for other people? Three years, gone. But are you going to make good on our walk with you with God? Are you going to make good on God, lead me? I, I, I dropped a song uh, about a, a few, about a year before my father's passing, and it was about walking on the waters. And I kept saying in the song, and, and, and I didn't pre-write the song, Pastor Bill. I, did, I went into the studio, and I literally just recorded what the Lord said record, and I found myself saying, I'll yield to the river. I'll walk on the water. And then I found myself not a year later in this place where I didn't know what I was standing on, but I wasn't sinking. In this next season, even if you don't know what you're standing on, even if you don't know how you're making it, give yourself credit that you did not go in. Give yourself credit that you did not sing. I don't know how I'm making it, but I ate yesterday. I don't know how I'm making it, but I didn't cry yesterday. I don't know how I'm making it, but I got out of bed this morning. I didn't get out of bed yesterday, but today I got up. I didn't cry yesterday, but today I was actually happy. Today I only ignored two phone calls instead of five. Give yourself credit for not sinking and not giving up when you had a reason to do so. I'm not saying you didn't have a reason to stop. You did. I'm not saying you couldn't rationalize the depression. You could have, but give yourself credit for not going under when you had a reason to say. Jesus. Self-credit. Jesus. Give yourself credit. Self-credit. For not sinking and for not giving up when you could have given up. I want you to think about that. You had a reason and a right because so many things were coming up against you. It seems like every moment, every time you took two steps forward, the enemy was right there at your door. And you took six steps backward. So in your reasoning and in this human mind, one would think that I can see why she's battling depression. I can see why she doesn't want to get out of the bed in the morning. I can see why she feels the way that she feels. But I think you should take solace in the fact in knowing that God never moved his hand from you. He never removed his hand from you. And even though you may feel like you're going under, you may feel like you're sinking. You are still here. And you are still here to tell the story. So I want to, what, what do you feel like? And, and, and I know that you are a worship leader. And so I want to, that's a great segue into our second portion as it relates to worship. When things go left and we're feeling the rain and the storms of our lives, and it's easy to begin to worry, and it's easy to begin to, you know, feel like, woe is me. It's easy to begin to feel, let's be honest, we've had those moments, and some of us are there right now. But we're charged to have a lifestyle of worship anyhow, or an attitude that I'm going to worship you anyhow. 
I'm going to be grateful anyhow. I don't care what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing. What are they telling you in church? It's telling you to be grateful and to praise God in the midst of the storm. So talk about that to us. What is the process of trading in your worry and trading in your hurt for worship? And how important is worship in the midst of all of what we're going through? It is paramount. It is paramount. Um, our time with God, but not just our time with God, but understanding that worship, though it is for God, right? It is, it is antiquated to God. Worship benefits us. For me, um, I like to use the metaphor that worship builds a house. Worship builds a house. And so I don't wait till it starts raining to build a house, right? I don't wait until I don't have anywhere to live to start knowing that I need somewhere to live. Yeah. Worship builds a house. And so as I engage God, it builds something in me. It builds up this tenacity in me, right? Spending time with God and really prioritizing that. I'm not talking about Sundays and Wednesdays, right? Or Sundays and Tuesdays. I'm talking about the lifestyle of worship and understanding that to be worship, yeah. right? Understanding to be the way that we walk out our lives to be worship. Your character building, that's worship. How quickly you obey God when he speaks, that's worship, right? Yes, me down on my knees in the morning praying and speaking in tongues and praying in the Holy Ghost and listening to my worship music, that is worship. But when I stand up, I have another worship requirement and it builds a house. And so when you get to a season where it feels like you're tripping up, I already got something to stand on because I've been building a house. Yeah. I've been building a house. And it doesn't mean that I'm always going to feel like it because believe me, I have sat in a service and been like, I don't want to hear nothing yeah. you got to say. <laughs> I don't want to hear it, right? I, I, I don't feel like it. It ain't on me today. Um, my spirit ain't right. Oh, been there. <laughs> you, know, you, you know what we say. My, my spirit ain't right. Yeah. Ooh, child, just pray for me. Nobody yeah. knows the trouble I've seen. But listen, let me tell you something. The Father sees around the corner. Mm. And worship keeps you steady until you get to what the Father sees. My bishop said something on Wednesday. He said that God doesn't need time. He gives us time to figure out what he already did outside of time. But sometimes in time, we get impatient. In time, we get discouraged, right? In time, we trip up. In time, we slip up. But I think we are charged to really, the word talks about being steadfast, right? Immovable. Word talks about being strong. The Lord told Joshua, be strong and very courageous. That those are the times that it matters. Not when you feel like it, but something in the back of my mind says, you know how to deal with this. Yeah. Something in the back of my mind says, you know you got the strength to do it. I know you don't feel like it. Yeah. There's a difference in what you feel like doing and what you were created to do. There's a difference in what you feel like doing and what your character allows you to do. There's a difference in what depression tells you to do. And let me tell you something. I hate the devil with a perfect hate. I hate him. Yeah. I can't stand him. Because what he does is he takes a little bit of truth and coats it in a lie. And because you see a little bit of truth, you decided to believe it. Yeah. He takes a little bit of truth. Yeah, that did hurt. But then he coats it and you'll never recover. He takes a little bit of truth, right? They did betray you. And then he coats it and you don't have any friends. Siri's talking back to me. Yeah. Even Siri wants to hear the word of the Lord. <laughs> he coats it in a little bit of truth. And then he says, okay, well, you know, I know that you're feeling down today, but then he tries to coat it in chronic depression, right? Mm -hmm. But there's something in the back of your mind that is your lifestyle of worship. That is your prayer life, right? That is your fasting that says you were made to walk on water. Yeah. You were made to fly 
talks about they will mount up on wings as eagles. You have to remind yourself that I am an eagle. Why do you need to know that? Because if you're an eagle, you have eagle eyes. If I'm a lion, then I have the strength of a lion. And so there is this lifestyle that goes alongside the whispers that the enemy tries to speak in your ear in the night season. And that's why I love that the scripture says that weeping may endure for a night. Because it really puts a probability on trouble. It puts a probability on your issue. Weeping might, and you may cry all night, but you will be restored tomorrow. You may struggle in the night, but you will feel better in the morning season, right? He puts a probability on trouble, but he puts a promise on joy. Mm, That's good. (laughs) He puts a probability on, because I know I'm not saying you don't feel downtrodden, right? And I love that the Bible talks about he's touched, right, with the feelings of our infirmities. So he knows what I'm feeling. God ain't like, I don't know what depression feel like. I don't know what sickness feel like. You're on your own. He's saying, I know what you feel, and you may feel that tonight, but I got something coming for you tomorrow. Can you worship until you get to the morning? Can you worship until the sun comes up? Can you worship until the tide starts to turn? Uh, There's a scripture, and I'm wrapping up. I'm going to preach it, y'all. You are good. You are good. But there's a scripture that says, and, and I rehearse this day by day, and it says that the Lord, Lord, thou will ordain a peace for us. Thou will ordain a peace for us. And for me, it is so comforting to know that the Lord took peace, put it in his hands, and mm. sanctified it before he gave it to me. Jesus. He took peace, put it in his hands. He prayed over it. And then he said, Erica, this is yours. Jesus. But not until he sanctified it. Yeah. Right? Not until he prayed over it. And so the peace that you have, you don't have to work for it. You can't earn it. You can't pray enough to deserve it. But it's because he already sanctified it for you if you can just hold out. So your job is just not to give up before you get the peace that was already sanctified for you before the foundations of the world. I already ordained this. But 40 years ago, I said that on October 7th, you were going to need joy because you were struggling. But you're struggling because you don't know if you can make it past October 7th. And I was just waiting for you to get there. Right. Last week you said, I don't know if I can make it to November, but God is saying, I'm just waiting for you to get to tomorrow. And if you can hold out until you get to the peace that I ordained for you, you will see things that you could not have known to pray for. You'll see an opening. You'll see an opportunity that you could not have known to ask me for what you praying for. I'm not even going to tell you that what you asking me for is too small. I'm just going to wait till you get to the morning. I'm not going to tell you that what you're crying about is beneath you. I'm just going to let you get to the morning, and I'll prove myself to you instead. So that's the charge, to worship, but wait, right? You're waiting actively. You're worshiping, and you're believing God, but you're doing it knowing that there is something coming around the corner that you could not have known about. Jesus. Get to the morning. Get to the morning, my Lord. (laughs) That was good. That ministered to me on just so many levels. Get to the morning. Um, I can remember, and I haven't shared this testimony in a long time, Um, but that just, what you just said, it reminded me of that. Um, And even what we're talking about, you know, with with worship and, and the peace of God, how it was sanctified for us and how it was ordained for us. 
meaning it was meant for us, for us to have it before the foundation of the world. Um, I can remember going through a rough season in my life. Um, I mean, it just felt like I was losing everything. And I was still, I think I was in high school, or, or was I going to college? But it was, it was a pivotal moment in my life where I really got to know God for myself. Like, I really, really, because I had no other choice. Like, I can remember being embarrassed. So, most people, most of y'all, y'all probably went to a prom and people came and they saw you offer your prom. So, before my prom, and I don't tell this a lot because I wasn't too proud of it back then. But right now, you know, I know the ministry in it. But, like, when I was going through it, 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 it really put me in a, a somber a somber state where I felt like I was slipping into depression, right? So I was going through this season in my life where we lost our house. My mom, my mom is a woman of faith. Give it up for, for my mother. <laughs> she is, oh, my goodness. If you tell her that the Lord said something and go get it and go do it, she's going to go do it right oh, now. Great. She's going to do it. And so we were going through a season in our lives where she was, you know, she was stepping out on faith and she was doing, you know, a lot of these things. And as her kids, we had to suffer the consequences. Like, Ma, you sure the Lord told you to do this. You know, she had quit her job. She said, the Lord, she came home one day. She said, God told me to quit my job. I was like, oh, Jesus. I got promised two months. Where's this money going to come from? She quit her job. And then next thing I know, the heat got turned off in our house. Okay, so we moved from Inglewood. This is us. We moved from Inglewood. We moved to the suburbs. So we were like in the uppity area. Now, we had been there for a while, maybe like five years. And then she decided to do this faith walk. You know, and I, I thank God for that. I love, you know, because I discovered who God really was even in the midst of that. And so we lost our house. We didn't have a car. I had to go live with somebody. I can remember even, um, and most of you may not know this, but my father has been addicted to drugs for as long as I can remember. My father, even to this day, he has been addicted to drugs for as long as I can remember, okay? I love my daddy, y'all. Like, that is my daddy. You know, I was a daddy's girl. Like, I would, he would tell me he was coming to get me. I would go wait by the door with my bag, like, ready to go. And, you know, he would come. At that time, he was selling the drugs. He wasn't doing the drugs. So he had, like, this drop-top Corvette. Like, he had all this jewelry on. And he would come get me. And we would just go round around the town. And then eventually, you know how they say you get hooked on your own supply? He got hooked on his own supply, and he, you know, got lost in it. And I'm, I'm still praying, and I still believe God, you know, that, that the Lord will find right. him in that, and he will get saved yeah. before it's too late. But but even in the midst of all of that, and, and, and trying to wrap my mind around, like, why am I going through this? Like, God, everybody, they get a prom send-off, and, and I got to go live with somebody. I done found me a dress. You know, I had my little boyfriend. We went together. I had to, you know, I'm like, I'm going to just come to your house. No, don't come over here. We ain't got no heat. I'm going to come to your house. We got we got newspaper up on it. This is real. We got newspaper up on the window. People don't know what I've gone through. You just see what you see right now. People don't know what you've experienced. The pain 
So, y'all, I, you know, went through that, but even in that, even in the midst of the storm, and even as you said, hindsight is 2020. When I got out of it, while I was in it, I was complaining like, Lord. But what I want to tell somebody here on tonight, one of my favorite scriptures, and you already talked about your scriptures, that was the next question. But one of my um, scriptures, my favorite scriptures that I like, and it actually ministered to me even in that moment, and I want you all to write this down. I know you've heard it before, but it's James 1 and 3, and it says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect yes. and entire. Yes. And guess what? Wanting nothing. Yes. Wanting nothing. And then the scripture even goes on to say, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. And God will give it to you liberally. So even in the midst of the storm that you're going through, you need to take a moment and take a step back and ask God, give me wisdom in this. Give me the wisdom. Help me to see what I cannot see. Because that's what wisdom is, to be able to see in another dimension, to be able to see in another realm. Help me to see what I cannot see. And so when I got out of that and I got delivered, you know, and and even like toward the end of that, because I can remember going to bed at night asking God, like, Lord, this is just too embarrassing. It's too much. Like, God, just don't, I don't even want to wake up the next morning. Like, I, I just don't, like, I don't want to get into any tragic accident. But I just want you to end this right now. Like, I'm, I'm done. I'm checked out. Do I have anybody in the room that has ever been in that place where you told God, I am checked. I'm checking out. I'm checking out. But there was something that would not let you go. God would not let you go. He would not let you slip away. There was still that word. There was still somebody praying for you. And that's why you're still here. So even in the midst of our storms, even in the midst of what I was going through, I never stopped going to church. My mother, she grew up in the church. I never stopped going. I would still go. And my pastor, they were trying to encourage me because they knew we was going through. I know he was looking at her like, I didn't mean that type of faith. Like, what are you doing? I'm sure he had a meeting with her. But in the midst of that, we still had, we were still going through. But tell you all things work together for your good all things even when you don't understand it it's still God is working behind the scenes and he's trying to give you a deeper revelation of who he is so I'm just glad that I was able to make it through that point and that moment in my life because I wanted to give up pastor I really did And so (laughs) I want you to tell us, how do we remain consistent in worship? You know, when everything seems to be falling apart, I'm talking about that consistency because we may have that zeal and that fire at one moment, you know, and then we have that moment where we don't feel like it. How do you remain consistent even after your father passed? I'm sure you had some moments where you're like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to do this. How did you push yourself to be consistent in worship. It was, and I want to go back to something you said around the whole, I'm okay, I don't give up about, right? Um, because been there, and I mean, like, I'm a planner, I'm a very logistical thinker, right? So in my mind, okay, well, if I don't wake up tomorrow, okay, mom 
look at the insurance policy. My insurance, the insurance policy is this, you know, this times many of my salary. Okay, she'll be fine. You know, okay, the goddaughter, okay, she graduated. So I, like, seriously, it was a, I'm cool if I don't, I've done ministry. I have prayed for y'all. I've prophesied to y'all. I've catered to my family. I've spoiled my nieces and nephews. I've taken care of my father. My mother will be, you know, fine. I, I've had the thought, right? And my mind immediately goes to Moses in Numbers 11 when he says, Father, there's a, there's a version of the scripture that says, if you will, if you love me, do me a favor and take me out of my misery. Mm. Moses is praying. He's not talking out of himself, right? He's in prayer. Father, do me a favor and take me out of my misery that I will see my misery no more. And the next scripture, so Moses is praying this in verse 15. And then in verse 16, God is like, okay, go get 70 elders. Completely ignores Right, what, what Moses is saying. And so when I was reading it, it threw me for a doozy. Because in my mind, I'm like, but Moses is saying something and God didn't answer him. And I had to learn to be grateful, Pastor B, for the prayer that God ignored. For the days that I said, God, just take me. And God chose to do something else. For the days that I said, God, I'm fine if I don't go on another day. I'm fine if, if my people will be hurt, but they will recover. And I'm so grateful that God chose to ignore my... See, we get happy about the prayers that God answered, but I chose to take joy in the prayers that God ignored when I said I don't want to live no more, when I said I want to be by myself, when I said I don't need friends, right? When I said that I don't need community, those are things that the Lord ignored, not for my detriment, but so that I could know that there was something something else for me to do and I think consistency is so important because anything anything that you do for a certain amount of time becomes a habit right yeah. and so then you get to a place where the enemy can try to knock you off your feet but he can't do it because you already got a system yeah. right yeah. You're, you're already consistent you already got you know but even in the face of discouragement right I think that there is space for us to be honest with ourselves yeah. and, and I don't have to be happy to pray every day but I can't Right. I don't have to necessarily be happy to trust God every day, but I agree with God because I know that that is my lifeline. And so I think when we come to the realization that um, I can't afford to break my momentum, I can't afford to break my pacing because those are the things that you sacrifice when the enemy yeah. tries to knock you over. Yeah. Right. And so coming to a space where you're saying I can be honest with God, I can say I'm hurting. God, this hurt me. God, this is a lot for me. God, I'm struggling. God, I don't know what to say. And I believe that that's where the word of the Lord kicks in when the scripture talks about how he interprets the moanings and groanings that cannot be uttered. That when you cannot utter a word, the Lord can interpret what your tears are saying. Yeah. So if you got to get up in the morning and your tears got to pray for you, let your tears pray for you. Right. But be consistent. Don't miss that moment with God. If you had to get up in the morning and go in the bathroom and holler into a pillow, let your holler be interpreted by the Spirit of God for you. But yeah. you be consistent. Don't you stop. Let it be said that if you had to crawl to prayer, you crawled. Yes, Lord. If I had to lift to prayer, I got there. Yeah. Yeah. Right? If I had to ride down the street, sometimes I have to get in my car so that people don't know I'm crying. And if I got to ride down the street and just let the tears fall, that's prayer. That I, 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 I love that how we, you know, I think sometimes we get into this cheerleading mode, right? Even as worship leaders and as preachers, right? Come on, tell the Lord thank you. Come on, lift your hands. Give him, give him what he's due. Come on, get out of yourself and forget the weak. And it's easy to say that when the 
on your back. Come on. <laughs> it's easy to say that when you go home and hit a light switch and a light come on. Right? But I had to, I got in the habit of telling my congregation that a broken hallelujah is still praise. Yes, it is. A broken I'm grateful is still praise. And so whatever you have to give to God, even if it's broken when you give it to him, he still wants it. And it's not worthless. It's, it doesn't mean to him what you think it means to you, right? Mm -hmm. And your mind is less than, and your mind is not enough, and your mind is broken, but to him, it's what I asked for. All I wanted what was precious to you. Mm -hmm. I wanted what you considered to be precious to you, even if you had to give it to me broken. And so your consistency is going to be uh, uh, based upon what you give him when you're broken. Mm. Not on the yeah. mountain, right? What you give him when all is going to the valley, right? When all is falling down to the ground, your consistency in your brokenness is what God is looking for. The scripture still declares that he is nigh to the brokenhearted. He is nigh to the brokenhearted. And for us in the, in the church, I think sometimes we are conditioned to think that our ineptitudes push God away. But the scripture says that when I'm broken, he's closer. That when I'm hurting, he's closer. That when I'm missing something, he's closer. And so I encourage you to continue to draw nigh, to continue to draw nigh that the things that you think disqualify you actually rope God into yeah. what you're saying. They yeah. rope God in into what you're asking. Yeah. They rope God in into your desires. And so your consistency is going to be key into making sure that God continues to draw nigh as you continue to draw nigh. That's good. I love that. Um, just speaking of, of the components that are necessary for worship, and that's one of the things that I had on my list is consistency, just really being consistent in that worship and that devotion to God when we feel like it and when we don't feel like it. Because women, y'all know we can be some of the most emotional creatures on the earth. Yes, we can. Um, and so just really intentionally making ourselves, you know, do those things even when we don't feel like it. You know, I've set out to be consistent. So even though I don't feel like it, I'm still going to do it. I'm still going to show up. So what are some of those other key components? As we close, we only have one more question after this. Uh, but what are some other uh, key components uh, as it relates to uh, authentic worship that you would say is necessary for that? So I think the best place for us to start would be how does the scripture describe authentic worship, right? They did worship you must do what? Worship me in spirit and in truth. Yeah. You look at the scripture, spirit is not capitalized and neither is truth. Spirit is not capitalized and neither. So people are like, well, I had to get in the spirit. Well, I'm in a relationship with God, so I'm always in the spirit. Right? I'm always, I'm always in the spirit. But he's saying out of your heart, what is in your spirit? What is at the core of who you are? Worship me from that place and worship me out of your truth. Now, that doesn't mean worship me out of your defiance. That means worship me out of your vulnerabilities, right? That we don't dismiss our vulnerabilities for the sake of being in the presence of God. And while I think um, um, we were taught that worship is about how we access God, I think we have to do a lot more work around understanding worship also to be how much access God has to us. How much access God has to you? Yeah. How much access does he have to your motivations? Yeah. How much access does God, does God have to your thoughts? Mm -hmm. Right? Because I can be on my knees days and night, day and night worshiping, but if God doesn't have access to my character, he don't have access. I can't worship him. He can't get to me. Come on. That's good. Yeah. 
I can be on my knees praying and worshiping for hours at a time, but if God doesn't have access to my decision making, I'm not in worship because God cannot get to me. We have conditioned ourselves, I think, in this um, day where we are manifesting because, you know, now we manifest everything. Right. Okay. All right. So, so we, we we're manifesting everything, yeah. but we've got so busy manifesting that we forgot that God was sovereign. Come on now. Come on. And so I worship not so that I can manifest everything that I'm praying for, yeah. but so that the sovereignty of God can prevail. I know what I'm asking for, but if you got something better, that's what I want. I know yeah. what I'm asking for, but if you have something different in mind. That is what I want. It is learning, not just to, and I said this, I believe I was talking with uh, my sister Luanda on one of the lives that she had, was that there's a difference in okaying God and agreeing with God. Ooh, that's good. And that yeah. if you are just okaying God, yeah. okay, do my will, okay, you know, speak to her, okay, Jesus. give her the word of the Lord, okay, if all you're doing is agreeing, then you are not in covenant, you are only in court. judge said do yeah. if they say three days a week I do it three days a week if they wow. say give $200 I give $200 right but when I'm in covenant with God I understand that there is an infinity ring of agreement between agreement. me and God whatever you say that's where I'm going whatever you and that is worship you reach a point a pinnacle in your relationship with God where he tells you what you should desire he tells you what you should ask for, right? So those are the key components in walking out this authenticity is that I'm not just okaying you, I agree with you, right? And I don't set myself up um, for this disposition um, to, to, to disobey, right? The first time we see worship in the scripture, Pastor V, we see um, Abraham is, is getting ready to sacrifice his son, right? And he goes up to the hill and he says, he tells his son, now you can't walk me up a hill with a knife and just tell me that we're going on a walk. Right, but di different day, different time. Let's put it in context, right? Let's let's put it in context. But then he gets to the top of the hill, and and, and, and he says, you know, if you, I'll do it if you say do it, and then the Lord provides. And we learn in that moment that worship was never about music. It was never about the song. It was never about the organ. At the core of worship, all we see is sacrifice and obedience. At the core of worship, all I see is learning how to lose me. How do I get rid of Takaira so that Takaira doesn't ruin what the Lord has for Takaira? How do I lose me? So in authentic worship, if you ain't losing nothing, you ain't worshiping. If you're not less of you, you're not worshiping yet. If you have conditioned yourself to develop such a resistance to God that you can hear him and do something else, you haven't worshiped yet. But get on your way. Right? All is not lost because I'm not here to beat you down. Get on your way. As soon as, as soon as, soon as he says it, do it, right? As soon as he asks, give it. As soon as he requires it of you, pour it out. And that is the key. That is your core of worshiping out of a place of authenticity is doing it where you lose yourself, where you are obedient, and where you put God in a place where he doesn't mind backing up his word for you. Wow. Wow. He doesn't mind backing up his word for you. That's good. Ladies, I want you all to say, because I'm a woman of, of words, I believe that our words have Say, Father, I agree with you. Father, I agree with your word concerning me. I'm going to tell you, the Lord has really been, I mean, and this is nothing but confirmation. I may have shared this with one or two people um, and with, with, you know, how.
how God has been dealing with me as of late and even, you know, where I am now. I never would have gotten to the place where I am now, and, and it's still so much more. You know, I'm definitely not saying I'm at a, you know, but I never would have made it to this place until I got that down in my spirit that, Lord, I agree with you. I mean, because just think about it. You, how many times have you had a word spoken over your life and you rejected it? Think about it. How many times, I mean, and you may not have said it out of your mouth, but your spirit rejected it. Come on. Because maybe you didn't see how. Or maybe right at the moment your emotions may not have agreed with it. Or it seemed like it was too far-fetched. Or you didn't seem worthy. Whatever your reason may be, I was there. So you, you have to make sure. And I didn't get to the place where I fully embraced and was able to walk into what God, you know, would have me to walk into now is when I got to the place where I said, Father, I agree with you. Even though I may not understand it, even though, you know, right now I'm, I physically may not agree with everything, but my spirit, I agree with what you are saying. Because at the end of the day, you created my end before my beginning. <laughs> you knew me before I was even formed in my mother's womb. You know, so we have to get to that place that even in the midst of the storm that we're experiencing and what we're going through in our lives, we have to get that down in our spirit. Like, yes, it doesn't feel good to me, Lord. This, it, it don't feel good. It hurts. But I agree with you. If this is your will for my life, because the safest place to be is in the will of God. If this is your will for my life, Father, I agree with you. Even though it's hard, it hurts, it takes sacrifice, it's taking something from me, it, it doesn't feel good to me, but at the end of the day, I agree with you. There is power in agreement. You don't realize how much power there is in agreement. So say that again. Father, I agree with you. Hallelujah. Jesus. Listen, as my bishop always says, God's mouth is too big to only speak to one person. I want you to lift up your hands, women, and receive it for yourself. Oh, come on. Receive the word of the Lord for yourself. Keep your eyes, keep your gaze on the Lord. Don't be distracted in this season, but you need to keep your eye on the Lord. Many of you came in here bound on tonight, but there is freedom in the room, and you're going to leave here free. Oh, come on. I need you to open up your mouth. You're going to leave here free. You are going to leave here different than the way you came in. Some of you came in here chained down, but you are going to leave here free and with a new perspective. And I even hear, even as she said, the peace of the Lord yes, yes. that surpasses all yes. understanding. Yes. Hallelujah. The peace of the Lord is going to overtake you. Hallelujah. We, we got to get out of here, y'all.
Oh my good cheap listen. If y'all didn't know her before, you know her now. This is Pastor Prophet Takira Milton. Come on, let's put our hands together for her. This is an anointed woman of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That truly hears from the Lord. Hallelujah. And we're just excited and grateful that you decided to come here with us on tonight and to share in this live podcast recording. And as you know, this will not be the last time. <laughs> this will not be the last time. Were you all blessed on tonight? Oh, my goodness. If we was in the sanctuary, we would be laid out somewhere with some music playing in the background. Y'all know we like them look. Yeah. Yeah, y'all would be snotting and crying everywhere. But I believe that everybody that came in this room tonight got exactly what they needed from the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's put those hands together again. That is the end of our podcast. This is our outro. We're recording this. Thank you so much for joining the All That I Am podcast. Thank y'all. I love you all so much. If we can go on and on and on, we would. But we have a certain amount of time that we have in this room. But you all be on the lookout because we have some more things that are coming up. And if you all, I want to open this up. I, if you want to be a blessing to Pastor Takira Milton, because I believe in sowing. I believe in sowing in the word of God and in the anointing of God. And so what is your cash app information? I'm going to read it, y'all. All right. It is dollar sign T-A-K-A-I-R-A with an M for Milton at the end. If you were blessed by this woman of God's ministry, T-A-K-A-I-R-A capital M as in Milton. If you were blessed, I dare you to sow a seed because this is good ground. Hallelujah. And we are so appreciative for her coming and sharing unselfishly uh, with us on tonight. And so we are done. Thank you all so much. We have to be out of here.